Okay, hello friends. Welcome back to a new exciting year of the Chabura. It's great to see you all. I hope you had an enjoyable and refreshing break. Uh, for those who are here for the first time, welcome. Uh, we're an online Bet Midrash comprised of international students dedicated to studying, teaching, and publishing cutting-edge Torah as a lens through which we view and interact with God's world. Uh, just a note to say that if you're watching or hearing this public shiur on YouTube or podcast, know that the Chabura has a members component to it. This includes a whole range of exclusive classes for our members and about 80% of our classes actually that are not publicly available. Aside for the unique curriculum of classes in video and podcast form, our members receive a free book shipped to them each year, have the opportunity to write for our journals and books, attend live events, and to connect with hundreds of like-minded individuals from over 20 countries. To take full advantage of all of this and also to support all of uh, that we do in the Chabura, I highly recommend becoming a member um, which can you do at the website, and I'll put the link in the chat. Um, moving on to tonight. Uh, tonight we have the privilege of opening the year with the shiur from our Rosh Bet Midrash, Senior Rabbi Joseph Dweck, on the fundamental and apropos topic of Teshuvah. It is always an honor to have Rabbi Dweck with us. Uh, this shiur will be recorded and available after on our website. And uh, with that said, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us, and Ribi Bechavod. Ahad, as always, thank you very, very much for all of your care and your vigilance and taking care of uh, the logistics and an opening so wonderfully, Arshiurim. And I am so excited, so excited that we are opening our second year of the Habura. So this is huge. And all of you that have been with us, I want to say those who have been with us for the first year, it's been an unbelievable and exciting and uh, profoundly moving and uh, and uh, exhilarating journey honestly uh you know we've we've all learned a lot and we've we've been able to learn from each other and to be able to feel i think one of the nice things that is a derivative of the of the habura is that there's been genuinely a a virtual community that has developed as a result of it uh and that you know that our, our members around the world uh, not only have kind of connected to like-minded people in their own cities, but also to to people on a similar journey uh, all over. And that's something that is not to be underestimated. That is something that is not to be underestimated. I can tell you that when I, when I was younger uh, and, uh, you know, discovering, uh, you know, an approach to Torah that may not have been the the most popular or the most prevalent, it could get very lonely at times. And how much I would have appreciated uh, something like this to be able to have people to speak to and connect with and and, and discuss with and interact with and uh, of all levels, right? So we have amazing teachers. I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful to the, to the, to the contributors, to the teaching, uh, uh, the hachamim, the teachers, the contributors, who also around the world have have been so humble and gracious in being able to take their time to teach us, right, and to to, to teach all the talmidim. And uh, I I can I cannot say enough how deeply impressed I am by the talmidim, by the students. You guys are just unbelievable. You guys are amazing. I mean, your dedication, your 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 thought, the level of your questioning, the level of your engagement. Has just been uh, has just been remarkable, and so you know, your strength should always be uh, in that level and and uh, and and vigor in terms of your relationship to Torah and to your Judaism. And, and I must say, 
that it's not just that you're doing this for you, you inspire those around you. Because anybody who's come in to the Hamura and has sat in in a lecture or in a shiur and uh, has heard and experienced what it's like to be able to be in our discussions, in our learning, in our in our virtual bit midrash, have come away almost invariably inspired, impressed, and uh, and hopeful of the future of of uh, Torah and Israel. So that's something to be to be proud of and to be able to recognize is really something that's that's uh, you know not 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 to be taken for, for granted. And of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention our our uh, you know most most uh, active and most dedicated and most uh, um, you know driven facilitator of all of this, and that's of course Rusina, who we are all very very. Uh, uh, blessed to be able to have as part of our lives and to, you know, to be able to bring all of this into fruition for all of us, because Lord knows, although I am uh, humbled and honored, uh, one of the great honors of my life to be the Rosh Bet Midrash, uh, none of this would happen if I was the only guy around here. This would be a complete disaster. <laughs> because <laughs> Ideas are wonderful, but uh, <laughs> but logistics are a whole nother universe. And uh, Rav Sina is the king of bringing bringing ideas into action. He is the Bitzalel of our of our Chabura. And so we thank him, and of course Avi and uh, and Ohad and and all those who who've been uh, so involved and dedicated to to bring this. And I want to also make a special mention of Eli Shaubi who has been running, you know, so amazingly, the Hebrew side of the Chabura, which I just gave Shiur yesterday to. And same thing. I mean, it's just, it's just remarkable. Uh, there, there's no, you know, a, there are very few things that inspire to this level. So uh, with that said, I, I put that out there. And of course, so much more I didn't say that I could and should have said, but you will, you will, you will, you will complete my thoughts and understand where the directions in which I'm going and how I feel. And so a very deep and heartfelt Thank you to all of you. And you should continue in the derech. Now what we have to do is get into the matter of hand. And the matter at hand is Teshubah. It's Teshubah. We are uh, in the month of Elul. We are looking forward to, towards Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And when uh, Sina and I were discussing what we should open with uh, this, this, second, this second year, um, I said, well, you know, the, the Hamura is about uh, as as Ohad always eloquently opens and tells us, it's about being able to connect to Hakadosh Baruch Hu through the world, right? The, that that we live in and that He created, and so it's about knowledge of God, right? It's Da'at Hashem. That's our goal, right? Is to be able to know Him and to know and know in terms of relationship and connection with Him. And that was the thrust of our first year. It very much did set the tenor for our first year. We 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 dove into all areas of knowledge in Torah and, for that matter, the world, in order to be able to, to, to facilitate that. The question that, that but I said, you know, that, that what we need to question is what happens when we stray? What happens when our path towards God, our endeavors to know Him and to connect our lives uh, with Him, to engage in that interface, Right between us and our Maker, between us and Hakadosh Baruch Hu, what happens when we veer from that? In which uh, we might have started with a desire to know and to engage and interact, but as life is and is very much uh, incessantly distracting, yeah, 
focus is one of the hardest things that we can maintain as human beings. It's, it's not at all easy. When we are distracted, and there are times when we can be distracted significantly, and where we don't even realize that we are we are moving off course. And sometimes it gets to a point in where we look around, you know, on our way and realize, you know what, I think I'm lost. And we have to figure out how to get back on course, on track, on the path that we had intended to, to achieve in the beginning. And that's really all that Teshubah is about. Because, of course, the word Teshubah is a return, right? It's all it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a question of losing coordinates, getting lost, and needing to find your way back. Teshubah is how we find our way back. Back to what? Of course, back to God. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, recalibrate our, our journey. So I always like to say, you know, there's this pasuk that is, you know, this to me is what Teshubah means. You know, there's a pasuk that, that uh, is used about Shemuel HaNavi, because Shemuel HaNavi, the prophet Samuel, um, he, when he was leading B'nai Israel, of course, he was a judge. And as, as you know, during the time of the Shofetim, the, the strong, you know, the highest authority in, in Israel was the Supreme Court judge, right? The chief justice of the Supreme Court of Israel. And whenever you read in Sefer Shofetim that so-and-so was the Shofet, what that means is that that individual was the chief justice of the Supreme Court. And that meant that they were in charge. And, and in, in the system of Israel's law, the court had the authority not only to judge, right, to adjudicate, but they had the authority to legislate and, for that matter, to execute, right, you know, uh, punishments and so on that were not adhered to. Nonetheless, Shemuel Navi uh, decided that the best thing to do for Israel at the time was to create uh, circuit courts, right, to, for him to travel around Israel and bring the courts to the people. And so he would have a Winnebago, right? He'd have a, you know, a motorhome because he never wanted to take anything from anyone. So he brought his home with him and he would travel around the country uh, and he would make his circuit, right? He would go through and do, do, do a circuit. And it says, Utshuvato haramata, Teshuvato. His return was to Ramah, Kisham Beto, because that's where his house was, right? That's where he lived. But that's the way, that's the word that's used. Teshuvato, his Teshuvah was Tarama, right? Which means his return was Tarama. Our return, of course, when we're discussing it in here, is to Kadosh Baruch. So I want to be able to kind of unpack this a little bit with you, to be able to orient ourselves towards this with you as an opening tenor for uh, certainly this time of year, but as we continue, because we are coming into the second year. And the reason why I want to do this in the second year is because it's wonderful to start. The first year was a beginning. Everybody was quite enthusiastic, exploratory, interested in what happens. The second year is the test. Yeah. How is maintenance going? Right. The beginnings are wonderful. Maintenance is another story. And in maintenance, a whole bunch of stuff happens. Yeah. And as I said, there are distractions. There are distractions that we know are distractions. There are distractions that we don't know are distractions. There are distractions that we don't realize until long after having been distracted, we find ourselves not in the right place. Second year is where uh, things get serious. And we have to know how to recalibrate when we are well on our way in our journey. Yeah. And so... So we're going to we're going to look at this. So what I'm going to do, as we we like to do, is I'm going to share the uh, source sheet with you, 
Um, and and we will begin, right? So before I share the short sheet, some opening words into the actual crux of the issue, and that is this. We know that we have to know HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that is the ultimate goal of our lives as the nation of Israel, right? As the Jewish people, this is the ultimate goal of our lives. Yeah, and Harambam is posek this way, as we as we will see. So I'm, I'm just, you, you all probably know this halacha very well after one year in the Chavurah, but I'm going to bring it up to you so that we can review. And that is this. Harambam writes in, in Hilchot De'ot Per Gimal, Tzarich Adam, he says, Right? So this is extremely redundant, Harambam's language over here. And he does this in order to be able to emphasize and establish firmly that he is not leaving anything out as Right, There are no exceptions to the rule over here. He says, a person must aim his heart. Right? literally means to aim one's heart. One's mind, that means one's, one's mind has to be focused on, and this is about focus, that's what Kavana is. Kavana is aim. Where are you aiming towards? What is your focus? And because this is a question of focus, we have to relate to it in those terms. The distractions are the problem when the goal, name of the game is focus. So I've said many times, uh, I've used this as an example many times, because uh, I just thought it was remarkable. You know, focus is the name of the game when it comes to succeeding in anything. The 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 enemy of success is, is distraction. So, you know, if we use our vernacular, which is, you know, anytime that we say, is this person successful in, in our Western world, we tend to mean, are they financially successful, which is quite unfortunate. But nonetheless, that's the way that the word, word has ultimately taken on its shape. And so when we think of, you know, financial success, Warren Buffett and, uh, and uh, Bill Gates are, you know, are up there. And they tend to, you know, they happen to be friends because, you know, if they're going to have fun, they might as well afford the fun that they're going to have together. And so, so they're friends and they, they hang out together. And Warren, I, had, I saw this film on Warren Buffett uh, years ago and Warren Buffett uh, had a birthday. Uh, so, you know, of course, Bill was there. And they decided to play a party game. And the party game that they were playing was that that somebody would say a word to them, the both of them, and they would have to write down on a card the first word associated, right, with that other word that the person said, right? So when the person says says A, you know, what is what comes to mind? They both write on a card. They show the cards to see whether they were thinking the same or different, or what was different, and how they, you know, sounds like it's loads of fun. But whatever it is, this is the this is the game, and the word that the person calls out to them is success. And both of them kind of look down. They write on their cards, and they lift the cards, and both of their cards say. Focus. So it's important to recognize that it's, it's not a small thing. What Harambam is saying is, is that the ultimate focus of our life needs to be, and he says this is this is everything, right? This is kol ma'asav kulam, all of our deeds, all of them, right? That's literally what he says, all your deeds, all of them. Our focus in everything that we do, in everything that we do, without exception, is to know God. Bilvat. Right? We didn't need the Bilvat. He just said all of your masim have no God. So he, he literally here is excluding anything else. 
right? So it's beautiful because when he talks about focus, when he talks about aim, the sentence is structured so that you can't but recognize that there's only one focus. He excludes any other possibilities. So it's kol ma'asav kulam ladat Hashem bilvat. That's it. Ve'yeshivto ve'kumo le'diburo hakol le'umat ze'adavar. You're sitting, you're standing, which basically means you're resting, your movement, your your sleep, your wake, all of it, right? Your speech, all of it. Hakol. Le'umat ze'adavar. Le'umat means opposite this thing, right? So we are aiming, we are focused. Opposite this thing. Now, now, opposite is very important because there's there's a picture that Harambam is painting over here. And this halacha essentially was our opening shiur in the first year, right? It's to know God. And we just unpacked that. This, what Harambam, the picture that Harambam is painting, what is the picture that's painted when I realize that I'm here and there is an aim that I have and I have to face myself opposite it? There's a journey. Yes? I'm here. The aim is there. I have to get to that aim. There is a path that I have to walk. There's a journey that I must take that must not veer. I have to keep on track. Eye on the ball. Focus on this. This is it. And it's everything, right? You can't make it more emphatic. So, of course, the question tonight is, and what happens when we veer? What happens when we are engaged on this path? We are aiming to get there and we veer. How do we get back? And what we have to recognize is is that there, there are some very important ideas here that we need to become aware of in terms of the logistics of getting back on that track and aim. And that's what, what, we, what we need to look at, okay? So <clears throat> what we're going to look at first is another halakha from Harambam that talks about how do we get back on track. And that, of course, is in Hilchot Teshuvah because it's in the halachot of getting back. That's what literally Hilchot Teshuvah are, right? They're the laws and the ideas, right? The, the, the principles of how one gets back on that track. And there's only one track to get back on, and that's it. So Harambam says as follows. Excuse me. He says, right? Now he says there are there are several ways that one can re-enter the highway. Right? There are so, several entries, entry points, right? That a person can get back in onto the path they're going. Among them are, that's what means. Midarkeshuba means there are several ways one can get back in to the highway, right? Can can you know enter the highway? Among them are these, and Harambam is outlining here a certain amount, a certain selection of possible ways. Not an exhaustive list, a selection of possible ways. Because Harambam will use that term in various other areas, right? So he will say, for example, at the opening of Hilchotanit. What's blowing these trumpets? If there's bad hardships happening to Israel, he says, you know, we we blow the Hatzotzrot. Right? This is one of the ways to get back on track. So here what Aram Bam is saying is I'm going to present to you a selection of ways that I think are core, 
right? These are probably the best ways for a person to get back on track. And what are they? Well, the first one is very interesting. It's very interesting because one would imagine, right? Well, let, let's see what he says, and we can talk about what one would imagine. He says, he says among the ways of, of returning is, liot hashav tzorek tamid lifnei Hashem b'bchi u'batahonuni. He says, among the ways that a person gets back onto the knowledge of God, right, track, is to call out to him. Always. With crying and supplication. Despair, essentially, right? You're crying and you're supplicating because you recognize that you are in a dangerous state. I mean, could you imagine, you know, you know you're supposed to be going somewhere. And all of a sudden, you make the wrong turn. You haven't recognized yet that you've made a wrong turn, but you realize you've dri- driven far out of your way and you turn around and you realize, I'm lost. And there's no one around. And you, in your vehicle or on your own, do not know how to get back. So you have to call out for help. Now, there are a few things that I want to point out over here that are very important. Number one, in our usual sense, right, I'm presenting to you a, a mashal here, and so the mashal helps, but I'm going to take a step back outside of the mashal for a minute, right? Because usually when we talk about teshuvah in our general, in our general, you know, uh, uh, language and thought, there is a sin that's involved, isn't that right? Sin, several sins, behaviors, whatever it is, there, there's a problem, there's something that we've done wrong. And usually we'll talk about teshuvah as, as, as addressing a transgression. Which is not wrong, right? Because a transgression is a wrong term, right? A het literally means the word het literally means off mark, right? You've, you you're you're not on 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 point. You've misstepped. It's a wrong term. That's what the het is. And it's interesting because Harambam could say, you know, like you know, if we're using the analogy, you made a wrong turn, you know, correct the turn. But it's not what he says. And, and, and what I'm essentially pointing out is that Harambam should say, or we would expect him to say, if we're talking about het, right, and we're pulling out of the mashal and actually looking at what, you know, what's happening in our lives, it's the sin or the transgression, the misstep that has caused us this problem that we have to return from. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you expect that Harambam should talk about the sin? I mean, you know, you've done a sin, you're doing a sin, right? You're, you're doing it more than once, maybe. You want to stop doing it. This is the way that you stop the behavior. Except that the first thing that Harambam talks about has nothing to do with stopping behavior. I just want to call your attention to that, right? Because it would be, you would imagine that that's what Harambam should start addressing. Like, how do you stop bad habits, right? How do you stop bad behavior and get back on track? Because all of us know that it's not so easy to stop the behavior. Right, Teshuvah, none of us think that Teshuvah is easy, I think. Anybody who are, of us, any of us who have actually earnestly, significantly, in a meaningful way, have tried it, know that this is not an easy endeavor. Harambam uh, opens here saying nothing about the actual transgression. He says, what you need to realize is you are lost. And that you are in a state in which your own tactics, this is, I cannot emphasize this enough, 
in which your own tactics will not help you. Because as Einstein said, we cannot use the thinking that brought us into the problem to get us out of the problem. And one of the problems is that the reason why I am where I am and now realizing that I need to do Teshuvah or engage in Teshuvah is because my thought has got me here. The way that I have related to the world, right? The choices that I have made, the path upon which I have, I have, I have, you know, traveled is a result of my thinking, my understanding, the way that I engage in the world. And I can't use my thinking in order to be able to get out of it. I am not, I'm not in control of that. There's, there's, it's just what I've got. So unless I reach out to Kadosh Baruch Hu and ask him for help, I'm in a problem. And I want to, this is remarkable because a lot of people think that this is a limiting of Bechira, right? In other words, when I, I regular, okay, I have free choice. I have the ability to get out of things. I did it and I can choose not to do it. Yeah, good. Good luck with that. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't really help very much. And that's why Harambam says you need help. The choice here is to ask for help. That is entirely your choice. Nobody can make you ask for help. That is absolutely your freedom. But you can be free to want something and yet not have the ability to get there. What Hanbam here is talking about is ability. Freedom and ability are not the same thing. You can be free to want something, to decide something, to set yourself towards doing something, but that does not necessarily mean that you have the ability to do it by yourself, relying only on yourself. There is a difference between being free and being omnipotent. And it's very important to recognize that. And what Hanabam is saying is, this is an endeavor that you cannot do by yourself. You need his help. And so one of the ways to do that is to call out to him incessantly. Right? Notice, it's not like a casual call to God saying, uh, you know, uh, excuse me, uh, God, yeah, can I do, thanks, thank you. I'm going to need some help down here. Thank you. No, what it is, is incessant beseeching. It is a distress call. It's tamid. And it's not just tamid, it's bibchibu tahanunim. I mean, you have to mean it. You have to realize this is this is out of your hands. And you really need him to help you. And that's why there's Gemaran Kedushin that says so important. Gemaran Kedushin. That says, as a matter of fact, I will show this Gemaran to you. Give me two seconds, and I'll bring because it's on my other sheet that I gave to the uh to the Habura uh, last night. I'll bring it up to you. I'd rather read it with you. Yeah. I can see it. Oh, I may not have it on a sheet. I might have only opened it up. Yes. I think I only have it. Okay, I apologize. Anyway, it's Masechet Kedushin. The Hachamim say Masechet Kedushin. Rabbi Shimon ben Nevi says, right? Yitzro shel adam mitkaber alav kol yom. The drive that we have, or the inclination that we have to chet, right? To, to miss... To, to to transgression, right? To to sin. It becomes stronger every day. 
right? So it's not just it's difficult to deal with. The Hachamim say it gets stronger every day. And they bring a pasuk, that a, a wicked person sees a tzaddik and wants to kill that tzaddik. And the Hachamim say on that, and you want to know the, the hardcore truth about being human and living in the human condition and having to deal with what we call a Yetzirah, which I, I will unpack for you a bit more in a moment. The reality is, is that we're doomed. There's no way for us to deal with this thing on our own, with our own volition. If it was not for the fact that Akadosh Baruch Hu was helping us deal with this, you can't do it. Now, that's a pretty serious statement by the Hachami. Because again, they are saying that, that achieving Teshuvah is not in the cards for some for a human being on its own. And again, it has nothing to do with free choice. You can choose to embark upon it, it's just that you won't succeed because it's too formidable. You don't have the power to do it. You have the freedom to choose it, but you don't have the power to achieve it. That's shocking, right? I don't mean to discourage uh, you know, 68 bin Purat Yosef people, right? And whoever else might hear this, right? Bear with me. But it is extremely important to know that without HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is a no-go. And part of that is this, and that is that we are not in full control. And we think we are, and that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is is that we become the God. Because there's only one thing that happens. When you lose focus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and knowing him and guiding your life towards him, if he is has v'shalom dethroned for you in your experience, there's only one other option, and that's you take that place. And that's part of the issue. And so there has to be an element of submission, right? And people hear that and think, well, that's very Christian. I say, yeah, well, I mean, you know, read the Rambam. Rambam saying you tzorek lifnei Hashem tamid bibchiyum tahalunim. You have to call, scream out to him incessantly, in crying, and tears, and weeping, and supplication, and beseeching, and plead with him. I mean, that's a you know, it's humbling. At the very least, what that does to a person is it humbles a person, and it brings a person into awareness that I am not in control. And that my control is what brought me into this place. And it's very important to understand what the Hachamim are saying when they say this. What the Hachamim are saying when they say every single day it gets stronger. And if it wasn't for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you would not be able to. They're talking about the human condition. They're saying, listen, we recognize that there are formidable drives running in us. These drives have been running for thousands of years. They are the very drives that brought out life. And you, with your 70 or 80 years, you know, but let's be honest, you're going to best 
these eons long drives that brought you into being you're a blink of an eye you're a blip on a screen how are you going to be able to manage what is this this torrent of 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 thrust towards certain things and what are our drives if not rooted in the genetic drive for survival the thing is is that what we don't always recognize is that the genetic drive for survival that we live with we live with this every minute every second of our life it completely governs us, the genetic drive to survive. And what is the genetic drive to survive? To just perpetuate the genes. On that level, from a biological standpoint, we are nothing more than gene carriers. Each and every single one of us. We are sophisticated, sleek, state-of-the-art gene carriers. We are equipped with everything the genes need to be able to get on to the next generation. And when you have done your job and you have procreated and you have produced a secondary copy, right? A new copy of this genes, right? These genes that they can survive. You are done. We can dispense of you. You're just taking up more resource. That's all. Get out of the way. So you can understand that from that level, us thinking of ourselves as an individual, what would I like for myself in my life? Where do I want to achieve? Where do I want to go? You know, how would I like to end up in my life? What are the things that matter to me? Right? All those things, if the genes, if we could talk about the genes as, you know, conscious entities, they look at that and scoff. I mean, they laugh at that. You? We don't want you thinking of any of those things. It just keeps you around longer and it makes things more difficult for us. Just get about your work and do what you need to and eat and get the strength that you need and procreate and, you know, just get out of the way. We can dispense of you. That dichotomy, right? That, 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 that opposition is within every single one of us. That's what it means to be a human being. And what the Hachamim are saying is all of those aspirations that you have, all of those aims that you have for yourself in your life, you will get distracted. Because those genes, they can distract like nobody's business. And not only can they distract, it's an amazing uh, wiring that's going on because you've got this thing with the prefrontal cortex, right? This is a new thing. You know, it's called the neocortex, right? This is the new part of the brain. Because those things that are driving you to eat, sleep, procreate, and so on and so forth, and every, any, every permutation and manifestation of those core drives, those are old. Those have been around for a very, very long time. Those are across species down to the lizards. Your neocortex, well, it's great. Guess what usually happens with the neocortex? You know, the part of your brain that, that philosophizes, that plans, that strategizes, and so on and so forth. You know the part of your brain. You know what usually happens with that? The genes take it over. They use it for their own abilities. So we rationalize in brilliant ways reasons why we should give in to the genes without even thinking about it, right? without even realizing that we're doing it. So Hachamim were the Hachamim, and they realized this. I mean, it was a stark truth. And they said, oh, good luck. There's only one way. There is only one way that you can aim at becoming uniquely you. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu created you to be. And that is that you need his help. So that's the first thing. Don't white-knuckle it. You need HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help, and you have to ask him for it. And there has to be an element of subjugation. 
of humility and recognizing that I need you. Please help me. And we see this throughout Tehillim. So I want to show you, I mean, these beautiful, these beautiful Pesukim. You know, I did a selection. I, I specifically, there are many, many Pesukim in Tehillim that talk about asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for help, right? But I want to show you specifically the Pesukim that ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help get back on track. That help, ask HaKadosh Hu, help me, Rabbono Sha'olam, be back on the path towards knowing you. So have a look. I mean, they're beautiful. Pesukim and said in so many different ways. Well, that's not that. It's this, yeah? Yeah. Take a look. This is in Pevav. Horeni Adonai Darkecha. Horeni means like a more, right? Show me. Guide me. On your path. I will walk in your truth, not my truth, your truth. Unify my heart. What does it mean unify my heart? It means keep my heart from distraction. Focus it, unify it, meaning make it make it a single aim. So that I can I can fear your name. I can have reverence for your name. Tehilim Kafheh. Kafheh is filled with this, right? The whole of Kafheh. I mean, this is this is Nefilat Apayim. It's one of the most beautiful and, and essential Mizmorim. For anybody who is interested in Teshubah, which is why it's it's the core of Nefilat Apayim. Show me your ways. Let me know them. Teach me your paths. Hadricheni. What's hadricheni? Show me the derech. Hadrichoti, right? Hadrichoti means from derech. Lashon derech. Make my way. Ba'amitecha. In your truth. What you recognize is true. Lamedeni, right? Next. Tov yashar Adonai. God is good and he's straight, right? Alken yorechataim badarech. Therefore, what does he do? He shows those who have strayed. That's what a hataim are, right? A hotteh is a person that is strayed. He's off the derech, right? As they say, literally, he's gone off. He shows them the back. What is all of this? This is David, Hamelech, asking Akadosh Baruch Hu to get him back on track. Yadrech anavim ba mishpat v'named anavim darko. Same. The paths of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are chesed. They are chesed. They are true. To whom? The Nutsure Berito. To the people that protect his berit. Ve'edotav. And his testaments. And so on and so forth. Right? This is an important pasuk because although this is not directly about derech, it's talking about being trapped. Being stuck. Stuck away from home away from where we're meant to be, away from the path that we should be, the goals of our life, the focus that we need to have. It's called a reshet. What's a reshet? It's a trap. My eyes, my eyes are always upon God, says David Amen. Right? That's what Haram Bam says. Tamid, right? Everything called Ma'asab, Tamid, Lada'at Hashem. He says, my eyes, they're always turned to God. Why? Kihu yotzi mereshet raglai. He's the only one that'll get my feet out of a trap. 
that are keeping me from being able to travel appropriately. And that's very important. Because who else is going to get you out of the trap? Like the Hachamim say, You can't get yourself out of jail. That's fundamental. So there's this idea of mitzuka, right? Of being stuck somewhere. And it's, it's amazing because the word tsar literally means narrow, straight, right? And it's a beautiful language because it says in Tehidim, the things that are crushing my heart, the tsarot are big and wide, and my heart is stuck between them. Can't get out of them. Take me out of my confines. Let me travel again. And that's why Harambam says over here in Hilchot Shubai, he says, you know, the tzaddikim, they made no qualms about this. The tzaddikim, they were not tough guys. They were not egocentric people. They didn't say, I will get myself out of this terrible problem that I'm in. I know how to be a, I can handle this. No. They would regularly ask the tzaddikim, the nebi'im, they would regularly ask the Kadosh Baruch Hu to help them keep truth. Because they knew how easy it was to veer. And how we have a tendency to rationalize our veering and speak of it and think of it as though it is on the right path. No, it's just a shortcut. Or just, you know, we can get there from here. What does that mean? Show me your way, God. Please don't allow my tendency to make wrong turns, which is exactly what het is. A het is the mismark. Right? Don't allow my missing of the mark, my wrong turns, to keep me from the proper path of my life. The path that will bring me to knowing you. They would ask this all the time. So that's the first thing. I'm going to move on from this, even though I want to emphasize it even more, but I'm resisting the urge. You cannot do this without him. And that is a fundamental Jewish principle. We need his help. A fundamental, integral part of Teshubah is the joint endeavor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu bringing us in, helping us to actually be able to have the ability to return because of all the reasons I mentioned. The second thing that Harambam writes is, Again, strangely, nothing about sin here. Nothing about how you stop from doing the sin. No, what Harambam is saying is, there's also an environment situation. He says, what you need to do is tzedakah. Now, it's very important to recognize that Harambam here does not say, noten tzedakah kefikoho. He doesn't say, give tzedakah. This really doesn't have much to do with giving tzedakah outside of you know a particular possibility of an instance or circumstance. What he says is ose tzedakah, do tzedakah. And all that means is do what's right. Tzedakah is tzedek. Like we just had in Parashat Shofetim, tzedek, 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 Pursue what's right. 
And what that simply means is, and it's, it's, it's simple meaning, but not simple in behavior. What it says is, start to reorient your sense of direction. Start to recalibrate your sense. Of, and you know how you can recalibrate your compass, your moral compass, right? How do you recalibrate your moral compass of knowing what is right and what is wrong? Because you made some wrong turns, right? So the compass wasn't working very well in those situations. If you genuinely were interested in getting to the direction in which you were hoping to get to, you have to recalibrate the compass. And the way that you recalibrate the compass is you start to, to aim at looking for what is wrong in the world. And make them right. Start easy. What, what is, start with the low-hanging fruits. What can you easily see is wrong in the world? And what can you easily do to make it right? That's what is. Look around you and see what is wrong. And do what you can to make it right. You don't have to stop the flooding in Pakistan. I mean, you know, if you can contribute to that, God bless you, whatever it is. But but what is in your hand now to do? Start there. Are your children okay? Is your relationship with your spouse okay? Uh, is your health okay? Are you are you focusing on trying to get to the top of the ladder stairway to heaven while you're eating uh, uh, yourself into oblivion? Well, then there's something wrong. What is wrong? Make it right. Start with small wins and work from there. That's why Haramam says, What do you have the ability now, even when you're lost? There's certain things you can do to start getting your bearings, right? I mean, you know, well, there's the North Star. All right, well, that's good. I, I can get where I am. I, I see that there might be, I got to try and find water. You know, I should do that. I do that. There's certain things you know you can do. Well, start using them. Don't stop asking for help, but what you can do, start doing. Find what is wrong. Whatever ability you have now to make what is wrong, right? Do it. Why? It changes your whole sense of coordination, right? It changes your whole sense of where you are in the world and what you need to do. And the more that a person begins to orient oneself in terms of tzedek and its opposite, right? A person becomes more and more sensitive to it. And it helps to recalibrate. But this is about setting up a perception, right? Set, setting up a, a sense of cognition. Yeah. And then finally, in the third thing, Harambam says, so, oh, by the way, when it comes to the wrong turns, well, there are certain triggers that get you to do those things. There are stimuli. And it's interesting because even, even here, Harambam is talking about keeping away rather than facing it, right? He says, look, you need to change your environment. 
because there are the way that the human being works is that there are triggers and you get distracted. You make wrong turns because you've been looking at things you shouldn't be looking at, right? You, you've been focusing on things you should, you should be focused on the road, not on other things. And so you missed the turn off the highway, which you were supposed to take because you were talking or you were looking at something else or you were thinking about, you just missed the turn. What this does is, Harambam says, you have to keep the distractions at bay. So the first is call out. The second is start to recalibrate the compass. The third is keep the distractions at bay so that you can keep on with the first two and get yourself out of this, right? When I say get yourself, meaning the capacity that you have, what you need to do in order to be able to help this situation. And that means one has to identify the triggers. Who are the people that you're usually around that uh, you tend to always find yourself with when you do the things that you realize you shouldn't be doing? What are the environments? Are there places that are particularly effective this way for you? People? Moods? Those are easy ones. There are a lot harder ones. And this is going, I think, deeper than even what Harambam was presenting over here, but nonetheless involved. Real Teshuvah has to be able to be sensitive of what is triggering me. And part of the question of what is triggering me is why am I triggered? Why does this thing set me off? Why does this way of speaking bother me so much? That's an important question to answer if you're engaged in Teshuvah. Why? Because you keep turning off or missing the turn, right? Every time, keep missing the turn. Well, why? Why do you keep, what is going on with you? What happened that makes you miss this? And that requires deep internal search. And that is not easy. But that's real Teshuvah. So when Haramam says, Mitrahek what Harambam is saying is you, you have to figure out every way to keep from what brings you into that pain, into that, that act in that place. And part of that is to start digging deep because a lot of the things that we tend to do are old. They have deep roots. Some of it might even be generational. And that all is con- connected to asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help you. That's one of the reasons we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help us. Right? We, we, you, good luck untangling the stuff. Definitely need him to help you with that. One thing that I want to show you on Tzedakah, which I didn't, and I'm going to just, you'll forgive me, and let me bring you into it, and that is this line, you know, from Bereshit, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Avraham Abraham's going to be great. Ki I know this man. Why is HaKadosh Baruch Hu know Abraham so well? Because he is going to command his children and his household after him to keep my derech. That's Abraham. The whole of Abraham is exactly what Harambam says we all need to do, right? 
What is the whole thing? The whole thing with Abraham is he's going to be Shomer the Derech Hashem. Which is what Haram Bam is saying we all need to do. And how are they going to be Shomer the Derech? La'asot tzedakah. They're going to do tzedakah. They're going to look at what's wrong and they're going to make it right. And that comes from judgment, obviously. That's the mishpat, right? One has to discern what is right and what is wrong. And that's why the hachamim say, right? And the kubalim say, all teshuvah is in bina. All teshuvah is in understanding. If I don't know the difference, how can I engage in teshuvah? And that is why, that is why, that in our tefillah daily, comes before Hashivenu Avinu Toratecha. Before we can have any element of Teshuvah. So it's about calibrating our minds. Because if this is a question of focus, if it's a question of aim, if it's a question of a conceptual path, well then it has everything to do with how it is that I think about the world. And because it's my brain that's doing the thinking, if my brain ends up getting me into places that are losing me, then I've got, first of all, I need help because my brain's not helping me. And second of all, I need to try and recalibrate. And the way that I recalibrate is to look for what's wrong and make it right. But it's also, which means my environment needs to change. Because guess what? We think in terms of our environment. So who are the passengers on the way with me? And what's the nature of the environment in which I'm walking? It's not helping me. Derch b'riyato shel adam, as Rambam says, liot nimshach b'deotav ma'asav ha'chari av ha'barav no'ekam kemin hagan shemidina to. I mean, we can't get out of this. Human beings cannot get out of the fact that being human means that you think like the people around you. Notice that Harambam says, he doesn't say, therefore, start thinking for yourself. That's not a possibility. Human beings don't think for themselves. When we say to somebody, think for yourself, what we're really saying to that person is stop thinking like those people and think like these people. And that's why Harambam says, change the people. Don't change your, he's not saying don't, he doesn't say to, to, to start thinking. He says, you have to go with the people that know tzedek, which is what a tzedek is. And that's why after Rambam says, and so that means you've got to keep away from the things that are bringing you to the place that you that, that, that have got you in this problem in the first place. You'll think like them. That's, by the way, one of the reasons why I think Dafyomi is very important. People make a mistake and think that the purpose of Dafyomi is to learn information. And that's wrong. You're never going to remember all of that stuff. And so people think, if you're never going to remember all this stuff, you're not going to have any depth of learning, you're not going to really understand the sugya and understand the issues, then it's a waste of time to engage that. I don't think that it is. I think that there's value. I'm not saying that it's the first priority. I don't think it is the first priority. I think there are other things that people should be learning. But if a person has, has completed Mishneh Torah, and they've, they've done Tanakh, and they want to do some review, and they want to engage in, in a, you know, Daf Yomi, that is valuable. Why? You start to think like the Hachamim. That's why. You start to think like Hazal. And that's pretty important. That's helpful.
You do page after page, day after day. You might not remember anything, but one thing that you will get start to get used to and not realize you will you will be used to the rhetoric. You will get used to the thought, to the approach. And so Harambam says you got to keep away from the things that take you away from it. And that's really hard for us because we get very connected to those things. And therefore, Harambam says, you have to essentially change your name. It has to be real change, like real change. And what that means, he says, I'm not the guy who did that. That means two things. One, it means that you have to actually begin to relate to yourself as a different person and be open to being a different person. That's part of what freedom is, by the way. Part of freedom is the ability to be somebody different. Choose to be another person, different. There's there's a whole repertoire in us. But Harbam also says, you're not any otoha asim. And what that's saying is very important. I cannot emphasize this enough, and I'm conscious of the time, and we will wrap up. Harabam says here, essentially, guilt is not helpful. Remorse is important. Regret is important. Guilt is not. Why? Because guilt is just, I, oh, I'm so horrible. Oh, I, see, I feel so horrible. Oh, what kind of person am I? That serves only one thing, to tie you and anchor you to the sin. Not saying that a person shouldn't remember it. Remember it. Recognize this is in the past. This is something that was done. You've made a tremendous development. It could be that you're vulnerable to it, so be careful. Right? Be aware that it's there. Yeah, don't, don't be an idiot. You know, don't put yourself back on the on the on the precipice of danger. You know, this is a vulnerability for you. But to wallow in the guilt is nothing but an anchor that will drop you to the depths of the sea of sin and, and, and darkness. So what Harabam says, you, you change it. You, you're a different person. I'm not that guy. Not that guy. I recognize that I'm related to that guy. I come from that guy. I used to be that guy. But I'm not that guy now. And from that empowering thought, move forward. Continue on the way. Refocus. Get going. Post haste to the goal, towards the goal. And he says another thing about environment. He says, look, you, you should move where from where you're from. Right? Where not from you're from, but you should move from where you are. What that means is not necessarily that you have to move cities, although depending on you know how severe things are, but it does mean that the familiar places to you, your local haunts. You should think very seriously about the patterns. The patterns. Because I'll tell you one thing, and with this I will close. A person can understand. A person can be clear on what is right and what is wrong and where he needs to go and what the goal is and what she needs to do in order to be able to get there and so on and have it all down. And the patterns creep back in because it's what we know. And in order to change pattern, we have to break pattern. We have to do different things, be in different places. Don't put yourself in the same place that you always are. Move. Get out of there. Reshape. Reframe. Open up. Change. 
Change is not, it, it is very, very rarely, if ever, if, if there's anything we've come out with here, is that change is very rarely, if ever, willpower. Willpower is, is not what it's uh, cracked up to be. Uh, I recommend highly against it. Rules are important. They work. They work for us, right? When we have rules, they're very helpful until we break them. And then once we break them, oh, that's not good, right? So the change for this is slow changes, calling out, recognizing that I am not in control and that I am not able to do this on my own, that I need a Kadosh Baruch Hu's help, that I have to start recalibrating my thinking slowly, carefully, Right? Start finding the winds. Change the way to relate to yourself. Stay away from the stimuli. That, that helps. Notice, none of this here is willpower. None of it. This is the way to Teshuvah. Now, once you've done this, and you've done it consistently, and you've done it well, and you've, you've spent a huge amount of time in untangling and unpacking and working through, guess what? You get back, you return. And you know what it's like to return? You realize, I can't even believe that I was there. Thank goodness I got back on track. You know, you think, no, well, why didn't you go back there? Go back there? Why would I go back there? I see, you know what it took me to get back on track? And therefore, when a person gets to Teshuvah, Maya Teshuvah, what does return look like? Return is, you no longer have this, this, this need to be connected to it. You can leave it. You can take it out of your mind. You can completely emphatically decide in your heart, you're not going down that path again. Yeah, that's good. This does not happen without all of this. So as we embark on the second year, and as we engage, uh, you know, we, we have our eyes set towards Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, these principles are, are fundamental because we will lose our way. It's almost inevitable. And when they are minor missteps, well, you can always recommit right then and there. And that's not to be underestimated. Don't wait till Monday to get back on the diet. Get back on the diet today, even though it's Sunday. Start now. And if there are serious variances, right? If there are steerance movements, there are serious, well, then we've got tactics to do that. Because some of the some of the, the the miscalculations can be old can have have been going on for a long time, can have taken us significantly off path in a particular for a particular journey that we're on. And that ultimately all of them will reach Da'at Hashem, which is what our goal is. It's really what we're here for in terms of the Habura and in terms of our lives. And so I, I wish Yihiratzon Akadosh Baruch Hu should help us all to be able to to be to to be able to do what it is that he created us to do and to be able to reach him. And to be able to have the Da'at Hashem that we each have the ability to have, and that we should be able to maintain our focus, and that we should be able to continue to grow le Torah, and that we should be Zochet Da'at Hashem. I wish all of you a good night and a Saharava. Thank you so much, Rav. That was such a profound way of opening. Um, Hope uh, everyone joins us for this year and uh, hopefully you join us for Wednesday. We're going to jump into our new series on the Jewish legal system with uh, Chacham uh, Abe Faur. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for coming. Thank you so much, Rebi. Thank you. Uh, Good night.